Welcome, everyone. This is your host, Lucian Gothier, and I am here with a fantastic guest. His name is Dr. Stephen Gundry, and he's the New York Times bestselling author of The Plant Paradox. He's also written another book called The Diet Evolution, and he's got a clinic in Palm Springs, and he's going to be joining us for our upcoming Longevity Now conference, which is only four short weeks away. So if you haven't gotten your ticket yet, there's still a chance to pick up your ticket. We still have a few hotel rooms left. This is Friday, April 6th to April 8th, three full days jam-packed with health, nutrition, and longevity strategies. Dr. Gundry, it's so great to uh, join you today. Hey, thanks for having me. And you, you have a clinic in Palm Springs, correct? So you're still, you're still an actively practicing medical doctor, correct? Oh, absolutely. I have a clinic in Palm Springs and also in Santa Barbara. I'd like our listeners just to get a little bit of a, um, a background on you. What's, what's sort of your, your story, your journey into health and nutrition? Because you started off as a specializing in cardiothoracic medicine. Yeah, um, I was actually chairman of cardiothoracic surgery at Loma Linda University in Southern California, and uh, actually very famous for doing baby heart transplants with my partner, Leonard Bailey, and pioneered the use of uh, protective devices for the heart that are still used today and have a lot of patents in heart surgery. And I was famous for operating on people who nobody else wanted to. And about 17 years ago now, I was referred a, a young man, 48 years old, from Miami, Florida, with uh, inoperable coronary artery disease. All, all of his blood vessels were clogged up, and you couldn't put stents in them, and you couldn't do bypasses. And these people would go around the country, and still do, looking for a dumb surgeon or cardiologist to take them on. And uh, this guy's name is Big Ed in both of my books. And long story short, Big Ed had spent about six months trying to find somebody to operate on him, and he wound up in my clinic. And I looked at the angiogram of his heart and said, well, I agree with everybody else. Uh, we're not going to be able to do anything for you. And he says, well, but here's the deal. Um, I've had this diagnosis now for six months, and I put myself on a diet, and I've lost 45 pounds. And this was a guy who was 265 pounds when I met him, hence the name Big Ed. And he says, I went to a health food store, and I've been taking a lot of supplements. And maybe I did something, you know, in my heart. And I'm, you know, I'm stroking my professor beard and saying, well, you know, good for you for losing weight, but that's not going to do anything in your heart. And I know what you did with all those supplements. You made expensive urine, which I firmly believed back then. And he said, well, you know, come on. Uh, I've come all this way. Why don't we do another angiogram? Um, and I said, oh, yeah, okay. So we got an angiogram, and he, in six months' time, had cleaned out 50% of the blockages in his heart. They were, they were gone. Wow. Now, that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen since I was taught that that was impossible. And, uh, but I didn't know any better, and so there were actually places to put bypasses in his heart now. So I did a five-vessel bypass, and uh, afterwards, I started saying, well, tell me about this diet that you did and tell me about these supplements and the diet he starts describing to me is a, a diet I uh, back in the dark ages at Yale University as an undergraduate you could create your own major and I had you had to have a thesis and defend your thesis and I had a thesis that you could take a great ape manipulate its food supply manipulate its environment and prove that you would arrive at a human being and that was my major. 
And I defended my thesis and got an honors and then gave it to my parents and went to medical school and forgot all about it. So when Ed's telling me about this diet, I said, wait a minute, that's the thesis I wrote at Yale. <laughs> and why it was poignant was that uh, through the years, I had become a very obese individual, uh, despite running 30 miles a week and going to the gym one hour a day and eating a, a, quite a healthy, low-fat vegetarian diet at Loma Linda and didn't understand why all these bad things were happening to me. So then I looked at Big Ed's bag of supplements and I was using a lot of these compounds down in the lab to keep hearts alive for 48 hours sitting in a bucket of ice water for transplant. And it, actually, I was giving them through the veins and the arteries of these hearts, and it never occurred to me to swallow these things. So I started, uh, I put myself on my thesis and started taking a lot of supplements. And uh, my first year, I lost 50 pounds. And Subsequently, lost another 20 pounds and have kept it off for 17 years. But probably more importantly, I started putting the patients that I operated on on this program. And they, uh, their blood pressure went to normal, their diabetes went away, their arthritis went away. We did very sophisticated blood work that showed that their inflammation was gone and after about a year of doing this at Loma Linda, I, I finally looked in the mirror one day and I said, you know, I, I can't continue what I'm doing because I know how to, you know, re reverse disease with telling people how to eat and sending them to a health food store and buying some supplements. So uh, I resigned my position at Loma Linda and set up an institute in Palm Springs where I just asked people, to you know, change a few things that, that they were going to eat and to let me draw blood work every three months and have you know, blood work that insurance would pay for. And let's see what happens when we do this. So uh, the results um, have been fairly remarkable. And they resulted in my first book 10 years ago, Dr. Gundry's Diet Evolution. And after that book was published, um, which has been on the Amazon top 100 books for the last 10 years, a lot of people with autoimmune disease showed up in my clinic and said, what do you know about autoimmune disease? And I basically said nothing, except I know a whole lot about the immune system because I'm a transplant immunologist. And so I know how to fool the immune system. So if you want to play, that's fine with me. Uh, so about half of my practice is now autoimmune disease, and what we learned from them uh, resulted in the bestseller, The Plant Paradox. So now I have uh, clinics in both Palm Springs and Santa Barbara uh, where we basically tell people there are certain foods that they were not designed to eat, and the more I can get people to get those foods out of their life, the better they do. Fantastic. And, and for those people just joining us, you can check out Gundry, M-D, that's G-U-N-D-R, 
YMD.com. And his site's fantastic. It's got great blog articles. His supplement line is on there. And also the, the books that he referenced are there. And they're really fantastic. And Dr. Gundry, I've got to ask you, when you made this switch, was there blowback from colleagues, pressure? Did, did your approach uh, get a lot of criticism? How, how did that go, that transition? Well, you know, a lot of people... A lot of doctors actually began secretly seeing me. Uh, I remember that one cardiologist basically called me a quack for even suggesting that perhaps you didn't need statin drugs to, you know, fix cholesterol problems. But one of the things I did from the very beginning was uh, to present my research at national and international meetings like the American Heart Association, like the um, American College of Cardiology meeting, like the European Atherosclerosis Society, so that I wanted to to show that this is actually uh, mainstream, uh, not, you know, marginal. And, you know, know, whenever I, I worry about this, I always remember... Uh, General Patton's remarks that if everyone is thinking alike, then somebody isn't thinking. (laughs) That's Um, a good one. You know, Carl Sagan used to say that the only way progress is made is by someone challenging conventional wisdom, which is another way of saying what George Patton said. And it seems like a lot of people in America are, are challenging that conventional wisdom because it, it seems from anecdotal stories and just observation that our country is bearing the brunt of a lot of the increase in these diseases, you know, specifically cardiovascular disease and autoimmune conditions. I don't know if you've, you know, practiced outside of the country, but it, it does seem that Americans in particular are susceptible to these maybe more so than other countries. And do, do you have a list of like, you know, top suspects, um, lifestyle conditions, kind of like what's producing this perfect storm of an increase in these diseases? Yeah, actually, I spend a lot of time in the plant paradox uh, discussing what's different about uh, us and the rest of the world. And I I actually spend a considerable amount of my time traveling to other countries around the world, researching their food choices and their lifestyle choices. And I do mission work in Africa and India and China. So I call them the seven deadly disruptors. And one of the things that's critically important to realize is that we have antibiotics in almost every part of our food supply. We take antibiotics, and antibiotics completely disrupt our microbiome, uh, among other things. And they're fed to animals, and when we eat those animals' meat, we consume antibiotics. The, the second one is our non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, the NSAIDs, things like Aleve, Ibuprofen, Advil, Celebrex. These actually blow giant gaping holes in the wall of your gut every time you swallow them, producing leaky gut. And this is actually well known to the pharmaceutical industry. The third disruptor are stomach acid blockers like Nexium, Prilosec, Protonix. 
These completely alter our stomach acid level, which protects us against bacteria and lectins. But it more importantly changes, allows bacteria to grow up into our small bowel. And if any of the listeners have SIBO, then one of the mischief makers are these acid blockers. The fourth disruptor are artificial sweeteners. The fifth disruptor are the endocrine disruptors, like all of our plastic, all of our coatings on fry pans. Uh, we have a profound depletion of vitamin D in, in our society. Over 80% of people in Southern California are vitamin D deficient. Uh, Disruptor number six are genetically modified foods and most importantly glyphosate, the herbicide Roundup. Uh, I actually just did a podcast this morning with a uh, Polish activist group in Poland who are trying to stop uh, the EU from continuing the use of glyphosate, which is now taking over the EU as fast as it took over us. And glyphosate, is, as you probably know, has now been declared a probable carcinogen, among other mischief. And last but not least, disruptor number seven is a constant exposure to blue light. Blue light in our cell phones, our computers, our TVs, our fluorescent lights. And blue light actually stimulates anyone exposed to it to overeat. And it's an interesting condition that's been well proven. So that, in a nutshell, is why we've gotten so screwed up in this country. Wow. You're going to fit right into our conference because all those disruptors that you mentioned are all things that um, we've touched on. And, and you mentioned glyphosates. And, you know, David has been doing a lot of research on the disruption of the shikimate pathway. Um, just one of the things I'm sure that it does as a disruptor to, to, to cause premature graying. Yeah, it's you know we you know we were taught that um, glyphosate does not affect us as humans because we don't use the shikimate pathway, uh, but in fact it changes the way we can utilize vitamin D. Uh, it clearly kills gut bacteria which do use the shikimate pathway. And without gut bacteria, we don't produce enough uh, melatonin. Uh, sorry, um, serotonin to affect our mood, and moreover, we don't make thyroid hormone efficiently. So, it has broad-reaching implications that we uh, are just really only beginning to understand. And what are some of the nutritional tips and tricks that you use? Uh, personally, I know you've got a great list of supplements on your website, uh, like the Vital uh, the Vital Reds supplement looks really good. What what are some of the things that you do? Because we live in this environment, it's really hard to just extract ourselves out of it. Um, you know, I, for like for example, I don't put anything on my lawn, but of course all my neighbors do. And then when I walk out in the summer, all I smell and breathe in is Roundup. What are some of the things that we can do to protect ourselves, and what are some of the top recommendations you have and that you use to protect yourself from this kind of like ever-increasing toxic environment? Well, for instance, uh, we we know that even California wines have uh, 
glyphosate in them, and there's actually a few organic uh, California wines that have glyphosate because the fields surrounding these organic vineyards have them. So you're you're right; it's it's pervasive uh, in our society. What what I try to do is I try to improve my microbiome's health as much as possible. So almost everything I eat and almost every supplement I take is actually designed to foster uh, a healthy microbiome. And one of the things I learned uh, early in studying my patients is the more polyphenol-containing compounds or supplements that I got people to take, the more their gut microbiome health improved. And we also showed that it improved the flexibility of human blood vessels and it improved the stickiness or lack thereof in human blood vessels that would attract cholesterol particles. Um, And so much of my uh, supplement line and much of my dietary recommendations are designed to uh, feed your bugs, as I like to say, and don't use drugs. Uh, and so the more, the healthier we make our microbiome and the more we constantly replenish our microbiome against these assaults from, among other things, uh, Roundup, and then I think we've got a fighting chance at this. And we've, we've certainly seen that uh, in the clinic and over 10,000 patients who uh, have been followed now for uh, 17 years. And uh, my my oldest uh, patient will turn 106 uh, next month. Wow. And she was actually taught how to eat by a famous nutritionist by the name of Gaylord Hauser, um, who many of your listeners may have heard of, um, she heard him talk when she was 20 years old, and he told her to go home and throw all white foods out of her pantry and to never eat a white food again in her life, and she believed him. Uh, she actually buried two husbands, including a doctor who told her her way of eating was crazy. And uh, here she is. I met her when she was 90. And I thought she was actually 65 when I met her, and I had to look at the chart about three times. And I said, uh, you know, what are you doing here? And she said, well, you talk. You're the first doctor who's ever talked the way the nutritionist who saved my life uh, talked, and I want you to be my doctor. And I'm looking at her, and I said, well, I want you to be my patient because I want you to teach me everything, you know, you ever learned. So uh, we've been colleagues in a way ever since. And like I say, she'll turn 106 uh, next month. That's amazing. And, you know, speaking of uh, turning 106, we, you know, we've got our upcoming Longevity Now conference. And, you know, part of, part of the, the thrust behind our conference is, you know, we live in this amazing, you know, technologically advanced world, although from a nutrition and health point of view, we don't seem to be reaching the goals uh, that we should be reaching. And so we're, we're, you know, we're trying to bring this type of information to people. What's some of the th- things that you're going to focus on to our group of over a thousand people that's, that's gonna, really going to help turn the screws on improving their longevity? Well, I'll throw out one more famous quote that I love uh, from Agnes Dian. 
if you want to stay young, then you'd better get started early. And I think there are actually no truer words. Um, you know, baby boomers, uh, which I'm a member of, uh, are sicker at any of our ages than our parents were. We actually have more diseases. We have worse health. And that was something that would have blown any of our minds if you had told us that because we kind of thought our parents were doing a lot of wrong things. And I think it's important for the millennials to realize that um, they're unfortunately the new baby boomers. And if you want to have longevity, this is something that you can't start worrying about when you're 50 or 60. Uh, this is something that has to start in your 20s and 30s. In fact, we know that the patterns that produce dementia, the patterns that produce heart disease, the patterns that produce arthritis start 20 and 30 years before we even begin to see symptoms of these things. So the younger you start, the better you're going to do. Which is such a tough sell because, you know, the access that, that kids have to like you say, white foods. Um, you know, I, I'm shocked to hear this, this morning I was driving my daughter to school and I, and I, you know, I'm very careful with what I feed her. And I said, well, what's your favorite food? And um, she said, mac and cheese. And I thought, I, I've only ever given her mac. It was the organic Annie's mac and cheese. And I gave it to her maybe once, a couple of months ago. And for some reason that stuck in her head as her favorite food. And all of the fruits and vegetables and smoothies and other stuff we've done, it just it just wasn't there. And I just it it made me pause and think, wow, like what a battle we're up against. No matter how good you feed your kid, that one piece of candy or that one indulgence, that's kind of what they remember. Yeah, I mean, this you know, all of these foods are are engineered to go directly to our pleasure centers. And it makes a very strong uh, input. Plus, one of the things that I see in my practice, and I, I take care of a lot of kids with autoimmune diseases that had them that are now gone, uh, that I talk about in The Plant Paradox, um, the hardest part, the, the parents and kids at home are really great. But when they're at a friend's house or they're at a school party or even in the school you know, cafeteria, they're bombarded with temptation, even if it looks almost healthy. And it's during those times that uh, we really have to teach the kids to be vigilant. Now, luckily with these kids with you know, devastating autoimmune diseases like Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, the staying the course is so useful because they're no longer running to the bathroom every 30 minutes uh, and they're growing and they're developing muscles. Um, one of my favorite heartwarming stories, a young man when he was 12 years old was, was brought to me by his parents with horrible Crohn's and he was on three medications and he was just this you know, little skinny weakling kid with no muscle and just wasting away. And they uh, they bought into the program and, you know, that we eliminated uh, the major lectin-containing food groups. 
and he started to thrive, and we got him off of all of his meds. And he went on uh, to actually win the state championship in wrestling. Um, he became a you know very muscular, sinewy guy. And you know to look at his before and after pictures, and to have the parents send me you know the newspaper clipping of him holding the trophy uh, as a as a buff young man of 17. And he's now got a wrestling scholarship to college. So you can you can do these things, uh, but it it goes against what's out there tempting kids. That's fantastic, and thank you so much. We're all really looking forward to your upcoming presentation. We're really excited uh, to hear your presentation, and I know a lot of our listeners, uh, maybe who don't know you, um, again, you can visit GundryMD.com. That's G-U-N-D-R-Y-M-D.com. Check it out, and he's going to be speaking at our upcoming Longevity Now conference. That's Friday, April 6th to Sunday, April 8th. That's full day, full three days, all day Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday going into the evening. So they're three very, very full packed days. We've got a lot of wonderful speakers. And Dr. Gundry, really thank you for taking the time out of your day and your practice to speak with us today. Well, thanks. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're, it's going to be a great conference, and hopefully we'll have some good insights.